Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, Talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Podcast. It is a Festivus day. Happy yes, it is. Festivus for the rest of us. Happy Festivus, TJ. It is a fantastic time. You know, we've got the Festivus cups from Dunkin' Donuts that we have yes. here. Red and green in the air. It's a great. It, it's a. It's a. It's a great time. I don't know if you know what Festivus is, but it's a hot. Yeah, I don't do really know. Festi- what? Well, have I mean, you not seen the Festivus no, of episode of Seinfeld? Seinfeld. Yes, okay. of course I have. But it's just like, what is it? Like, what do you consider it? It's, like, it's a non-consumer Christmas. So. So instead of having a Christmas, let, let, let's just paint a okay, word yeah. picture here for the people. Festivus in Seinfeld is portrayed by, instead of having a Christmas tree, it is a singular aluminum pole that they basically have gifts around. And they don't really have gifts either. And instead of being nice to everybody and being festive with family, they basically have a Festivus dinner where they air out their grievances by basically yelling at each other about things that they don't like about each other. And they proceed to finish off the night with a sh- with a f- uh, feats of strength where you basically have to pin the head of the table and wrestling to be able to end dinner that is fantastic there are festivist miracles and all of this is perfectly applicable to denver nuggets basketball in yeah. some way that i have concocted. we're gonna break down every player on this roster we're going to highlight a bunch of different <laughs> things with these guys but it's gonna be an action-packed fun light-hearted episode here for all you denver nuggets fans i mean this is a, this is a great time of year tj it yeah, really is it's it just is. we want you guys to kick back relax and you know have a little fun with this podcast yeah today. so we're gonna air grievances about every single player about things that we think that they need to improve on we're going to talk about their their feats of strength and things that they have been good about and you may hear me scream, it's a festivist miracle randomly in between us at the yes, same yes, time. Yes, yes, yes. Looking so, forward to that. So yes. real, real quick before we start with this, we had a great week of content over here at My Life Sports. Let's just talk about that. So MyLifeSports.com is the place to go. I got my Trey Lyles feature up. You've got a gazillion different pieces every day, it seems like. Dev Johnson had a fantastic good, bad, and ugly piece just kind of breaking down the state of the Denver Nuggets. And my main man, Brendan and Vote as well. Um, really uh, a nice in-depth piece on uh, point guard Emmanuel Mudiay. So a lot of great stuff coming out here on MyLifeSports.com. Also just got a text from Jeff Morton, the king of Thornton, who says he's working on a feature involving Mason Plumley. So that's going to be interesting. So Ooh, a lot I'll of great stuff in the works. a piece about, about Mason Plumley as well. I may have there to make go. sure we ain't crossing paths here. There you go. But I think it's time to get into this Festivus-inspired holiday edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. Are you ready? I'm absolutely. I'm in. All right. Let's start. We're going to start point guards, and we're going to go down the depth chart until we to Nikola Jokic as the last center we talk about today. So, what is something, what is a grievance of Jamal Murray that you want to air out to everybody listening to this podcast? <sighs> grievance. Play your way, man. It just seems like there's so many times that this guy, oh, like he, he has that confidence of a, like a sixth year, seventh year point guard, yeah. but at times it just seems like he cowers in the moment and, <laughs> and kind of just succumbs to the uh, not peer I don't pressure. Know if it's cowering, but he doesn't know where to what the hell. Exactly, to do, like. he, he gets there and you see him dribble, 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 and there's confusion, and you're just like, 
Jamal, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, it's just, ugh. There's these moments where it's like, just, just, just play your game. Don't try and be anything other than what you do. And it feels like he's just constantly torn between, like, I need to be this point guard on this Denver Nuggets team when I should just be myself at this juncture in the, in the moment. So, yeah, mine for airing out his grievances is just shoot the damn ball. Like, if you got a good look at a shot, don't extra pass things. He's gotten Absolutely. better about this. Significantly and better in recent And I go back time, to, like, but. the beginning of the year. I think it was after their second or third road trip of the season. You know, I, I posed a question to Jamal of, you know, Recently, when once Paul Millsap went down, like, how have you been able to, you know, increase your play? Because you look at the numbers and his numbers have gone up. And he says, I'm just playing my way. I'm not trying to be the yeah. point guard this team wants me to be. I'm playing my style of basketball and I'm playing to my strengths. That's exactly what he's done. Yep. And suddenly, Jamal Murray is now, I believe, he is fourth on the Nuggets team. He is fourth in scoring. He's averaging 15 points per game, which is tied with Will Barton. He's now up to 35.3% from three. He's averaging three rebounds and two and a half assists to go with 1.9 turnovers a game so far this season. So I think that's the one thing he needs to do. Just, just get back to doing you man like Absolutely. you're a gunner you are a dude who's supposed to go out here and be a sniper from three-point range and just gunner. tear people gunner through. and a sniper I like those are two fantastic words. they are but at the same he's time. so sly on the court you know what i'm saying just in terms of how he moves and oh and this is the thing, I'm not advocating for him to stop driving to no, the yeah. rim, but the second he becomes more of a shooter like he has been in recent times, you're going to open up that paint even more for him to go yam on Absolutely. guys like, I, like we love seeing him do. There's just been so many instances where we've just kind of seen Jamal just pick and pop, and he just does it with such efficiency at times, where yeah. he just looks so silky smooth. When he's in rhythm, it's oh effortless, man. That's why when you watch him in warm-ups, it's almost befuddling how good he is. He had is. a few threes in the window uh, last night over Portland where I was just like, Damn, kid. Like, yeah, this is just incredible. You're stepping up into your own. So, but yeah, Jamal Murray, a lot of good stuff here recently. Uh, what is a show of, of strength, a feat of strength that they say in Seinfeld? <laughs> I By the way, I, I, before we go any further, this uh, idea originally started from Duncan Smith, who covers the Detroit Pistons on Twitter. He was giving Christmas yeah. gifts to every single player on Twitter that made them a better player. We were going to do a Christmas episode, but I was like, man, it's Festivus. Yeah, it's, it's the best we, way we, to be. We, we got to do yeah, Festivus oh, episodes instead. So. Absolutely. But continue. F um, show of, or feet of strength. Feet of strength with Jamal Murray has just got to be his mentality and his mindset. He's, he has that attack mode kind of geared within him. I uh, uh, I mean, we talk about, you know, Nikola Jokic is a guy who necessarily lacks that to a certain extent. That might be one of his biggest flaws. Um, Murray has the ability, you know, if he can get going in the right way to take over a game. Oh, he's got he's that hot. in his DNA. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so that's his best trait. And it goes hand in hand with trying to not be the point guard of the team. Wants you to be in playing your way because you know with that confidence, if you channel it in the right way and you get going, you know there's no stopping you. Absolutely. And that's, that's actually the same one I had, which is being in attack mode like that yeah. as well. The other one I think that has been a very big feet of strength kind of thing that he's had is his defensive ability. He hasn't been good, but man, does that dude try a lot. Yeah, like I, You see him picking up Damian Lillard full court, Chris Paul full court, all kinds of just complete shenanigans I've seen him for like, a rookie point, or yeah, second year point guard. I've seen him like blow defensive schemes as well, and like there'll be like someone wide open in the corner three, and he will bust his butt from the other oh. side of the court just to get a hand up. Like five I've seen him end up in the, in the crowd, not because he's going for a yeah. loose ball, but because he's contesting a shot yeah. in the corner so hard he, that his momentum takes it, him He plays with a ridiculous amount of energy. It's in, it's incredible. His his tenacity is insane. Absolutely. What would be the Festivus miracle for his game that kind of just everything culminates into like, whoa, that's the dude. What what needs to happen for that? He's just, I mean, I, we, we kind of talked about it earlier in other podcasts, shots just falling. You know, in yeah. terms of like the mindset is there, but once, you know, starting to. once point A connects with point B and everything starts to kind of hit in synchronization, this kid is going to be a stud for this team. And I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, we talk about him and his lack of maturity and still growing in the league. That's what it, that's really what it comes down to in terms of his flaws with Jamal Murray. It's ironing out these issues, slowing down the game and growing to his own. I, I actually really like that. I mean, just having the game slow down for him and being able to get back to what he does is definitely what he needs to do. And we've. 
Go ahead, I was go gonna ahead. say this is like I mean you could kind of like take Jamal's Jamal Murray's situation as like a microcosm for the entire Nuggets season. I mean the roster complexion of being young, they have multiple Jamal Murray esque type players that need the game to be slowed down for them so they could probably develop, but they're also in the position right now where they need to win. Yep, absolutely. And I think that for me, uh, what the miracle would be is his shot keeps falling the way it is. In the last 10 games, he's shooting 49.1% from three-point range. Wow. Like, it's just like stupid, ridiculous efficiency. And because of that, he's averaging 17 points a game. His uh, his turnovers have gone down. His assists have gone up. So for me, I want to see his shot keep falling because if it does, every other little part of his offensive game becomes unlocked at that moment. Absolutely. Uh, is that enough about Jamal Murray? Yeah, I think so. Let's move on to Emmanuel Moutier. Oh what is your grievance you want to air about Emmanuel Moutier to everybody listening to our Festivus episode. <laughs> Come on. There's got to be something. Oh, my God. The grievance with Jamal Murray? No, no, no. Or, no, no, Emmanuel Moutier. Uh, could you finish around the rim, maybe? I, I, I don't <laughs> think I've ever seen a player get to the rim as effortlessly as Emmanuel can at times and just brick. I mean, Mike, uh, Michael Jacobs, who was the original editor-in-chief here over at Mile High Sports, um, when I when I first joined the joined the crew over here, said Emmanuel Moutier jumps down. It almost seems because yeah. someone as athletic, as athletic as he is, the fact that That's he can't really finish around the yeah. rim and can't you know put the ball in the hoop, it's just ridiculous. It, it blows my mind. It looks like he's it three really feet does. below everybody else. When he it's it's the great, when but he's like dribbling. when he has the ball in his hand and he drives to the hoop, he's strong, he's keen, I mean, he looks good. But it's like as soon as he leaves his feet, it's like he runs into a brick wall. Yeah, and, it, and you can see that when you watch him play. It's hysterical because, like, he'll jump, but it's jumping forward, not up. And suddenly he's trying to, like, reverse layup three feet below the rim. And it's like, yeah. you know it's going to get annihilated at that point. And then it's just like, ugh, it almost looks like he gets fouled because of the way that he contorts his yeah. body. So uh, it's it's not pretty. Yeah, I think if I'm going to air a grievance, it's going to be his live ball turnover because sometimes ugh, he's just, like, dribbling God. the ball off his knee. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's insane to me. Like, at some point, you oh need to be gosh. aware in, of what's around you to the point where you don't just, like, lose the ball arbitrarily. Like, it's not like you had pressure that made you lose the ball. It's not like this was a moment where you know all of a sudden all of the pressure was on you. These are like random possessions in the second quarter that he's just dribbling like balls. Yeah, out of I'm boneheaded mistakes. Yeah, the best way to put it. It is. Like, it's boneheaded mistakes. So that can't that can't be happening at the NBA level. But Emmanuel Mudiay, man, these guys are all the way to go. But at the same yeah. time, there has been feats of strength for him, and that moves us in to our feats of strength side of it. He's hitting 39 percent of his three point attempts this year. Yeah, I was gonna piggyback off that one as well because if you if there's anything that you've seen. Out from Emmanuel Moody coming in this year, it was one that he slimmed down. It really came in motivated and in shape, and I think that's partially the reason. You know, even though he hasn't increased, you know, substantially in other aspects, that his three point percentage is going up. I think it's a little bit of a testament to him really, really trying to iron out the flaws in his shot. Yeah, and on top of that, one more feat of strength is one that Michael Malone was adamant about was that he wanted Moutier to play with pace. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel Moutier is the is number one on the team of guys who have played legitimate minutes in this team in pace at 101.35 possessions per game or per 100 possessions. 100, 101.35 shots per 100 yeah. possessions. Um, Monte Morris and Darrell Arthur play with a faster pace, but neither of them have played more than 10 minutes a night, so I'm not going to include them in this conversation, but at the same time, Moutier has been the number one in that way. What would be the fest of his miracle to make Moutier a functional player. If he can somehow, some way, figure out not to turn the ball over and score yes. at the same time. I think it is overall decision making. Stop taking yeah, double clutch long twos where you're fading away. <laughs> Stop trying to dribble into four people and put up a shot. If you just play within yourself, Moutier is likely a very productive NBA Absolutely. player. Absolutely. I think that so much of what his issues are come back to awareness and just overall decision making. But let's not continue to pile on Emmanuel Moutier. Let's move on to Will Barton. Let's do it. Will Ballin! <laughs> I love Will Barton. I 
don't even have a grievance to air, man. Will, you keep doing you. I'm good. This is all you. If you got a grievance to air, I'm. I, that's all you. Listen, Will, Will has been balling out for this team this year. I, I mean, if anything, I would say stop getting so hot and cold. I think there's times where, I mean, more recently, we, we can kind of attest this to is, you know, he, he's been kind of fighting through an injury here in recent time. But I think, you know, he kind of goes through spurts where he's really, really good for like four games. And then he kind of reverts back um, and, you know, is just kind of in the gutters for the next few. But overall, I mean, it's hard. That's really just nitpicking with Will Barton. Because yeah. in the overall microcosm, he's been essential to this team. Yeah, because I think the one airing of grievance about him isn't even about him. It's about the team. It's about yeah. allowing Will Barton to have a role, not to have him fill exactly. every single role that you may need someone to fill into. But at the same time, going over and defeats the strength, that is what makes Will Barton so good, is that you need a de facto point guard. Will Barton can play one, and he can defend point guards. You need a guy who can play small forward, who may be a little bit small for, for small forward, but can do all the things you need him to do. Will Barton will slide in there. Yep. He is a natural two guard, but at the same time, you need playmaking, you can playmaking. You need volume scoring you can volume score you need a guy to push the pace he can push the pace you need a half court facilitator he can do that as well he is such a jack of all trades that he has unlocked the nuggets rotations to, to be what they are because there are issues still but when you can play multiple wings and play small with will barton at three and wilson chandler at four or you can go big def and defensive and you can play will barton at one and use his length to smother point guards it unlocks the nuggets ability to miss to basically match up the way they want to Absolutely. with other teams and i think that's paramount to this nuggets team being able to be as versatile as they are. No, I agree. Listen, Barton has been like a Swiss Army knife of, of sorts for this team. I mean, whether like you said he plays point, shooting guard, and small forward at times. Uh, That's why he, he's after the point guards yeah, and not Gary exactly. Harris because he does one through three. Absolutely. And he starts, he comes off the bench, he can play in you yep. know, crunch time, he can play in the beginning of games. So it's a human Swiss Army knife for this team. Yeah, and that I you really can't say anything better about him. And on top of that, another feat of strength he's had is he's been in the alpha. Him and Gary yeah. Harris have been the two dudes when Nikola Jokic and Paul Millsap went down to keep this Nuggets team above water. And, and really, he's been the guy to step up late in games, regardless yeah. of whoever's on the court. He's that give me the damn ball kind of guy. I know everyone you know loves to talk about who's the guy in the Nuggets roster that's going to be that. Yeah, now they're complaining when yeah. they finally have one. Yeah, Fans exactly. just drive me crazy. Maybe or maybe okay. Yes, I mean, oh, they drive me crazy. Oh, I, it's stupid. <laughs> I mean, everyone wants Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic to be there, right which now. they will be eventually. But in the meantime, Will Barton has done an ample job in that role, in my opinion. Yeah, He's done I a mean, good job at it. Will Barton is averaging 15 points a game right now to go with 5.2 rebounds and 3.6 assists and only 1.7 turnovers. There you go. That's amazing. Yeah, it and is. And he's playing 31 minutes off the bench largely. He's doing a lot of good things for this team, man. So, Will Barton, man, keep balling. Like this, this is what the Nuggets need from a guy like that. You need a volume score, a guy you can go to, a guy who can penetrate. Without a doubt. And he has really allowed this team. The one thing I will say is that hopefully he can get healthy because as of yes. right now, he does not look like he is moving like the same player as he once was. Yeah. He has not been on the injury report, but I, I, I am not just assuming that he fell off a cliff in production defensively and offensively in the way that he has. I'm yeah. just not buying that. He does not look like the same player. I absolutely agree. And that's why I, I mean, I think he's averaging I, entering last night's game. He was averaging 8.7 points per game in his previous four. I don't know what he yeah. had. What did he have last night? I don't. I mean, you know, yeah, I think, that he, up, I think he had six yeah, points last a, night. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is he, he's been you know kind of swept under the rug here a little bit. So you need Will to rest up and get back to where you need him to be. On top of that, he is leading the Nuggets in assist to turnover ratio. You want to talk about a guy who can play make for you when you need it, yeah. and a team that is struggling with turnovers? That's the dude, man. It's pretty fantastic to see what he's been able to do. Absolutely. The festivist miracle for Will Barton for me is just to get healthy, man. Yeah. Like I want to see a 100% healthy Will Barton maximize and optimize, which right now he they're trying to play him in that role. Yeah. So I want to see that, man. He deserves it. He has worked so hard for it. I just want to see him completely healthy and just balling out the way he was to start the year.
I mean, I absolutely agree with you. I think you hit it on the head with Barton, a guy that has just really been fantastic for this team moving forward. If injuries can kind of, you know, subside here for him, he's going to be fantastic as, as the year kind of uh, moves along. All right. You ready to move on? Let's do it. Gary freaking Harris, man. Yes. This guy. All right. If we're going to air out some grievances, I think the only thing that I can stumble across for grievance is that his three point percentage has dropped from 42% to 37.6 this year. No. Yeah. That's I, it. That's really it. I, I mean, got anything else. We were sitting here trying to figure out, you know, what was the grievance with this guy? And there really isn't anything. Yeah, I mean, you look at turnovers, yes, he's tied for fourth worst in 1.9 turnovers a game, but he's averaging 1.9 steals a game. Like, this isn't a situation where it's like all these turnovers are hurting the Nuggets. He is averaging 3.2 assists per night, which is a career high. He has 1.9 steals he is averaging to throw in there per game as well while playing 34 minutes a night, which leads the Nuggets team by three minutes a game. He's still hitting 48% from the field. He's hitting his, He's hitting almost 80% of his, th- of his free throw attempts. This dude is doing everything. He's I, a raw plus 4.4 um, per game and draw plus minus. He's been amazing. I think you hit it on the head, man. I, there's... <laughs> Yeah, he, he's like, just been really damn good for this team. People don't realize he leads the Nuggets in net rating. When he plays, the Nuggets have an offensive rating of 111 and a defensive rating of 104.6. That is a plus 6.5 net rating when he is on the court. That's yeah. higher than Nikola Jokic, than Jamal Murray, than Paul Millsap, than Wilson Chandler. He is the leader of the starters in that regard. He has the lowest turnover percentage of those guys. He is also being a completely different playmaker man like his playmaking boost has been insane and i i can't stop saying great things about i I said it you know probably like 1500 times on this podcast he's a 23 year old who plays like a 27 year old to the fullest extent i I just i've never seen so much poise considering this you know the circumstances that he's had to get to where he is now in transition in late in games at the beginning of games he's just he is the epitome of playing on an even keel I mean, you never yeah. see him ride the highs or ride the lows. And usually, when guys like Im- expand their games to other places where they didn't re- like didn't have it before, let's say you add playmaking, usually get a little bit worse defensively because you're putting more effort out there. Absolutely. Like he adds things and continues producing at the exact same level of everything he used to do as well. Mm-hmm. He just continually gets better. When you look at his numbers from year to year, his rookie year, I mean, he went from scoring three point four points a game to twelve point three to fourteen point nine. He's up to sixteen point one now. His three point percentage goes from twenty point four percent to thirty five to forty two percent. Right now, it's at 37.6, but he's been slumping recently. You see his effective field goal percentage climb every single year. His assists climb every single year. Mm-hmm. His, his rebounds climb every single year. His steals climb every single year. It is incredible that this dude just keeps getting better and better and better and better. I could do this entire podcast specifically just about Gary Harris. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible what he's been able to I do. Mean- I think you hit it on the head, man. This is a guy that is really, I believe he's eventually going to assert himself, you know, as, you know, close to just as important as Nikola Jokic is. I really think he's that good for this team. And just to add on to that specifically is that Nikola Jokic being out was such a big deal for Gary Harris because it it forced him to take on a bigger role offensively. Then when you watch the Portland game, when they were running dribble handoff actions for Gary Harris and Mm -hmm. they would hand the ball off at the top of the key, essentially, or one of the wings with a dribble handoff, you see the ability of Gary Harris to get to the rim and his ability to finish at the rim and his ability to play make off of those and play with the ball in his hands look so much much more advanced when he's coming off the dribble handoff um, action with Jokic. The fact that that 
essentially that that action can get even more lethal than it's already been is dumbfounding. Yeah. Like if he's able to find shooters coming off of a DHO in corners and on the wing because he's so good off the bounce coming off of a Jokic screen and a DHO, you can't guard that. Yeah. Like you have Jokic popping a three or rolling to the rim. You have Gary Harris taking a step back three or, you know, coming down the coming downhill at you with the full head of steam and the ball in his hands and he can pass out of it so you can't collapse on him. Absolutely. It's, I can't say enough good things. I have no grievance to air. I don't even care you're shooting just 37%. It's going to go back up. He's too good of a shooter for yeah. it not to. Uh, Gary Harris has been the Festivus. It gets, it, Gary Harris has been a Festivus miracle, man. Yeah, I, and I wholeheartedly agree with that to the fullest extent. I mean, this is a guy that is just asserted himself you know, to the, as a focal point of this team. I mean, he is the reason they are as good as they are right now. I don't got anything else to say about Gary I, Harris. I, I, it's just he's really, 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 really good. Let's move on to Malik Beasley Let's now. Let's do that. I mean, Gary Harris, you can say 19,000 things good about him, and I'm going to do it the entire rest of the podcast if I don't stop right now. So let's move into Malik Beasley. What is the airing of grievance of Malik Beasley that, you have to, that you're kind of frustrated Maybe with? Maybe that he really hasn't shown a lot of direction in terms of what he profiles as as a player. You know, we've kind of talked, we've described Malik Beasley as this big ball of clay, just this yeah. athletic dude who could just do everything in terms of being athletic. What is he? Is he a scorer? Is he a facilitator? Is he a pass first player I, I think it more has to do with what the nuggets think he is because for me he's a three and d dude who is just tenacious yeah that's what i view him as too like his motor never stops that's the important part with him i think is that his motor never ever ever stops Absolutely. so defensively he's been one of the better nuggets players but by the eye test that i think the nuggets have had on defense i agree uh, him and tory craig are right up there for me so for me, I guess the area of grievance is the fact that he has been awful shooting from three, and he is not an awful three-point shooter. He's shooting 31.7% from three this year on just 1.5 attempts a game. So it's not like he's getting tons and tons of looks at them, and he's not really in a rhythm, and he's had a very short leash and very short spurts, but he is a much better three-point shooter than a 31% uh, three-point shooter. Yeah. And he will get to there, in my opinion. It's just he needs more time, and he needs more run to be able to get there. But I would love to see his shot fall a bit more to open up his game to allow him to get going yeah, point. I think that makes sense. And I think, you know, where we kind of share, you know, similar thought processes, develop a little bit more. Just show, w develop into something. Yeah. You know, because it's still more so it's just Malik Beasley, you're a guard who does a little bit of everything, kind of, sort of. Yeah. You don't really know what you are right now. I also am. You need some, de some definition with him. Yeah. I'm also pissed he hasn't dunked on anybody else again because that yeah. dude has so much yeah. athleticism and he loves And he'll get there. He'll get there. He's one of those dudes that, like, when he has, when he sees any opportunity to rise up and kill somebody with a dunk, he wants to take that opportunity. And yeah, I want to oh, see no. more of for it. For sure. For sure. Dunk more, Malik. I want to see this. <laughs> but the one thing that I think has been a, a feat, a feat of strength of his, as Festivus likes to commonly refer to this as, <laughs> is the fact that he's played so much more under control. Yes. He doesn't know what his role Absolutely. is, and the Nuggets don't know what his role is, but yet he is still playing significantly more under control than he has than he was at Summer League. He understands what he needs to do when he's in yeah. games. That's really what it is. And he does them at you know an effective level. I agree with that because now he knows his role. He's comes in. He's not a guy that's going to have the ball in his hands where he has to play make for yeah. others. Like, find the up and spot he on the floor, spot up and take threes, attack the rim when you have some guy close out on you too hard, play in transition and play great defense. Yeah, and I think the biggest testament to all that is, I mean, you and I had a first-hand, you know, first-row seat to see him in summer league when it was like him trying to run a team. I mean, we're only a few months te technically removed from that. When, when Beasley has to be primary ball handler, everything is a mess. I mean, it's a dumpster fire. But when Beasley is a complementary piece that is, you know, a role player to a certain extent when he is in the game, he could, you know, he can thrive at times and really help instill the core values of the team. Yeah, I agree with that. I've actually really liked what I've seen from Malik Beasley. He's the only bench player. Oh, no, I'm sorry. One of two bench players to have a positive net rating on this team. Wow. That's Isn't fantastic. that surprising? So funny thing about the net rating of this Nuggets team. 
The presumed five starters when the Nuggets are healthy, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, Paul Millsap, Wilson Chandler, are literally one through five in terms of leaders and net rating for this Nuggets team. After them, you have Malik Beasley and then Mason Plumlee tied at .8 as their net rating, a positive .8 when they are on the floor. Every other bench player is at least a negative two or worse. So Malik Beasley, in a very small sample size, has been one of the better bench players for the Nuggets thus yeah. far in this season. And he's going to be a key guy for this team moving forward as the years go along. I really think he's going to start to develop and grow into his own. And they might need him too because this is, this is completely speculatory, but when you look at the Nuggets and with the trade deadline looming, the one sweetener in terms of a trade that they could do for a two-for-one deal is likely Will Barton. And not because they don't like Will Barton, yeah. not because they don't want Will Barton. They can't afford to keep Will it's Barton. It's not even that they can't afford to. They can't. Well, it, they, it's going to be tough to it afford could, him. It could handicap them. Yes, forward. and they have an extension on the table. We've talked about this on the podcast before where a four-year, $42 million extension is sitting on the table waiting for him that he has till, till June 30th to decide to sign. Mm-hmm. If I'm Will Barton, I, there's no way I'm taking that deal because he is deserving of more money down the line. The Absolutely. Nuggets do not have enough money down the line, so so being able to trade him and those bird rights to another team could be very, very, I don't, it's, there's a lot of value there for a team that is looking to get more explosive off the bench and have a guy that they could, could potentially keep for cheap on the low later on. I agree. I, it's going to be interesting to see how this all kind of plays out. And listen, but because I, of that Malik Beasley, no, absolutely. Exactly. And that's what I kind of was alluding. I was actually going to go the similar direction of, you know, if Will Barton does walk Malik Beasley kind of shows me a lot of what Will Barton can do. in well, you hope so. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me in that facet. So he, so Malik Beasley, if it comes to a point where the Nuggets do make a, tra- a trade deadline type of a move, Will Barton could very well be a part of that. And that means that Malik Beasley would be the guy to step up into that role. Absolutely. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Malik Beasley, how his minutes are distributed coming up because Tory Craig is still with the team yep. and is not leaving the team because the team loves having Tory Craig around for sure so it's going to be really interesting to see what he can do but I guess that's my feat of strength is him being able to play under control and their nuggets are going to be more and more of that down the line mm-hmm. yeah I agree and it's, it's a slow and steady process with him you know it's going to take time but we've seen improvement from year one and year two which is important his festivist miracle has to be just getting minutes right yeah. oh yeah. Just, minutes, just, yeah just get minutes yeah, man. But, I feel so bad for him yeah, I agree but I mean it is what it is state of the nuggets franchise and the roster for that matter if he's on a team like Chicago he's probably getting 20 minutes a night oh without a doubt and, and that's what's fun to watch and he's talented man like people are missing like it, it, you only see it in flashes because he only plays 10 minutes a night yeah. if that so when you don't see Malik Beasley on a constant basis you don't realize how freakishly talented he really is for sure because a doubt. he is man when he was playing for Florida State he was breaking records yes, that uh, so Kyrie Irving only played like 12 games for Duke because he got hurt Kyrie Irving was like the most efficient point guard that was at 19 years old that was able to shoot the way he did with the volume that he did yeah. Malik Beasley was beating his efficiency with, with significantly more games in college yeah. this dude is an efficient score with a crazy motor with crazy athleticism with a lot of smart basketball IQ that he is still developing. Yeah, so The proof is in the pudding with Malik. It's just, it's, yeah. When are the opportunities going to come? I cannot wait to talk about this next dude. Tori Craig, the Festivus Miracle. Yes, let's do it. Oh, I love this kid. What is your airing of grievance? We'll start there with the negatives because i got it, so many good things to say about him. I mean, I don't even know what negatives there are because, I mean, it'd be like nitpicking to the max. This I mean, is on the Nuggets. The Nuggets did not give him a full contract in yeah, the offseason that, like they should have, even though they didn't know what they were getting their hands that's on. That's the only thing I think you can nitpick, really. I and mean, you can't been that good. Anybody. Nobody knows. He was no, playing yeah, Australia yeah. for like random teams, and they were good when he was there. He was getting like MVP of the Australian League and stuff, and they knew who they were. Yeah, but th- I just wish Tory Craig had a full time on this roster. Uh, I do too, God, man. I I he's I working towards it, man. You know, he's working towards it. And a little preview for our roundtable coming up from MySports.com tomorrow is one of the questions. Um, you guys can check that out. Talking about you know Tory Craig and his role with the team moving forward, but uh, nonetheless, I mean, I, there's no negatives to talk about, really. There Positive. really are. Let's start. I mean. 
defensively, we got to start there. Yeah, this dude is the best defender of the Nuggets team without Paul Millsap present. I, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I, it's just hands yeah, down. A, that's a yeah. full stop conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Like he is the best defender on this Nuggets team right now. I agree. That's insane yeah. to me. Who is there a comparison defensively that you have for him? People are going to roast me when I say mine. No, I, I I have to watch him more, to be truthfully honest. He's Paul George defensively oh for me. Oh my goodness. Are you serious? The way What makes you say that? The way he snakes around screens, because he has this ability. Like when you I watch, mean, I'll give you the credit that he is mobile in the sense like George he's the, is. He's very similar sized. He's very slender, but extremely strong like Paul George is. So he can switch one through four, one through five, depending mm-hmm. on who the five is. It's the way he gets around screens in the perimeter. That yeah. That is literally what I see in Paul George and him, because they have this way where they're bought Body like morphs the second they hit a screen, and they have this ability to not even touch the screener, but be able to get over the screen still in a very yeah. quick manner. And it's not just the fact that they fight over the screen; it's the way they play as a trailer, as a defender behind the the, the guy with the ball in their hands after getting screened. The play never stops for them. That's why you see Paul George such a good defender and getting these steals and getting these block shots and showing off his athleticism and his lateral quickness is because of how he fights around screens and the way he plays trailing. I think it's a valid point. I mean, I think they profile the same. I don't know if I can. He's I not can't. there yet. Yeah, I'm not I can't. They he profile the same. You can't put them on the same level as each other. But as a comparison, like in the way that, that they play, that is where in he, a he's showing he can way, be like that. That's the ceiling defensively that he I, has. I in agree my opinion. with you in that sense. I mean, look, he's been excellent. And I mean, like you said, he fits the mold of the modern day NBA player. You can guard one through four. You can guard a small five. Honestly, if he he guarded Carl Anthony to. Towns in stretches against yeah, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Exactly. So I mean, he's been exponentially fantastic for this team. I well, can't say enough. Like think about it this way: against the Minnesota Timberwolves, just alone in that game alone, he guarded Jeff Teague. He guarded Andrew Wiggins. He guarded Jimmy Butler. He guarded Gorgie Jang at one point. He guarded Carl Anthony Towns. He guarded Jamal Crawford. Like when Jamal Crawford. And uh, and and Jeff Teague started roasting Jamal Murray. Yeah. Malone inserted Tory Craig yep. to guard both exactly. of them. Carl Anthony Town gets hot. They start switching. They started pre-switching Tory Craig onto Carl Anthony Towns. Malone trusts him. He's like one of Malone's Flat guys. So. Yeah, that's a yeah, full stop. That's, that's a full stop fact. Malone trusts his defense. So. What would the festivist miracle be for him? A he, trade. If he, if he, yeah, if he gets a trade or if he gets a contract, he could they, be the festivist miracle for Nuggets fans who have been screaming for four years for Kenneth Murray to the get Yogi, traded. Yeah, he could be the Yogi Ferrell of last year. Yeah, that's a re- that's a really good optics kind of perspective on what he is. Is that like this dude came out of nowhere and burst onto the scene? Exactly, and burst on the scene and is now contributing to a team that has playoff aspirations. Yeah, absolutely, in, in, a, in a critical man. Malone said he could be an eighth, ninth, tenth Ross, uh, rotation guy on this team right now. Yeah, I mean, if he keeps this up, he'll get a contract. I really, he'll yeah. do something. To it's get just him on. funny that after four years of Fareed not getting traded the thing that could get free traded on this Tory Nuggets team Craig. is Tory Craig Ridiculous. I love it I, I love basketball yep. for the insanity um, just like Gary Harris I need to stop talking about Tory Craig or I'm gonna go too crazy here let's <laughs> oh, move on my goodness. let's skim over the old man oh, Richard no, Jefferson no, don't do him like I that know, I'm right? just kidding I'm Richard just kidding. Jefferson hey I actually low-key have like an emotional bond to Richard Jefferson so I grew my dad so my parents are from New York New Jersey area my first team as a kid was the New Jersey Nets so it was Jason Kidd Richard yep. Jefferson I and Vince Carter team, so. And Kmart. So that's who I grew up watching. And it was like, as soon as they traded for him, I was like, what? Like, I love this it. Is I love so, like, it so and, and I still see Vince Carter warm up. I'm like, this is just really, really weird. Complete tangent. Vince Carter's yeah. story. I remember it was like my first year covering the team. And I'm out for warm up on the on court side like early because I'm still like nerding out and just happy to be standing on an NBA court. So I'm sitting courtside. There's no one warming, out, warming up yet. It's way early. Yeah. So 
normally it's about 30 minutes until someone starts coming out to warm up and all of a sudden Vince Carter starts yep. walking out. This is just recently turned 40-year-old Vincent Carter coming out 20 minutes before anybody to get up shots who then outworked everybody who came out after him and he was like one of the third last guys to leave the court. There was a... And he was going to play 20 minutes that, at night that's that's a That's what he is. There was an instance there, like a similar thing. He was warming up and like I was just like watching him. like Kind of like a similar thing. I mean, like I don't get goo goo gaga over watching any of these players for the most part, but I mean, it's Vince Carter. He's a living legend that is still playing yes. in the league. And so any opportunity I get to see that man, you know, work on his half craft, man, I have amazing. to. Exactly. So I was watching him, and he was shooting from beyond the arc in brick, 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 <laughs> brick. But I wasn't saying anything, but I was just watching him. I was recording him, too, because I was going to get a good video for Twitter. And he missed, like, his third or fourth in a row, and he looks at me, just dead in the eyes. It's just like, like the killer instinct. And I'm like, uh, okay, so Vince. You hit, like, 18 straight. Yeah, and then I walked away, and I was like, okay, you do your thing, Vince. I'm not trying to bother you. That's but so funny. Funny Vince Carter story. Yeah, the same time I was out there, he hit... He, so he was taking five threes from each spot. So it was 25 total threes around the arc. He hit 24 of them and Man. then did a, and then threw a windmill dunk down at 40 years old to leave the court. I was just like, this is, this Pro's is just Pro. stupid. He is a living legend. Apparently, we're least. talking about Vince Carter on this podcast. Yes. Now, but I'm moving back to Richard Jefferson. The only era of grievance that I have for Richard Jefferson is that there hasn't been a 40-year-old man dunk that he's been able to post or something. I agree. With. I want to see Richard Jefferson get up there because it was fun watching RJ play with the Cavaliers the past few seasons. Dude, when he dunked on Kevin Durant, that was one of my absolute favorite yeah, moments oh yeah. ever. That was so much fun. I loved it. And by the way, I got to give Rich Jefferson a little credit. He keeps him 40 because of Vince Carter. He's only 37. So Rich Jefferson is a 37-year-old. Yeah, we can't go check. any further without I'm sorry. I'm that. sorry. But <laughs> he, he, he's getting up there. Dude, I love it, though. Like, that dude comes out just like Vince Carter before everybody else, getting shots up. He's always one of the hardest workers. He's a really good advocate for all these young guys. Funny, man. But the air of grievance, man, I need to see a poster dunk in the Nuggets uniform. I agree. I got to see him do Give me something of so. Give me a highlight reel play, whether it, it be a Richard sick Jefferson pass, it. a half court three, or just yeah, a posterizing dunk. I want to see. It. I want to post him. Nothing counts for me unless he like baptizes some poor young guy who does not realize that Richard Jefferson still got bunnies. Oh, um, uh, when I told, I texted my dad when uh, when the Nuggets traded for him. I'm like, guess who the Nuggets just traded or signed? Richard Jefferson. And he says he's still in the league. <laughs> And and I'm like, like yep. this. No more. I'm no like, more. Yes, he is. No more. We're going to feats of strength. <laughs> We're going to give him some credit. My biggest feat of strength, and this is a complete insider knowledge thing, and it's a very, very big deal. Every time he warms up, I tend to be sitting next to Katie <laughs> Wingy, who does the Road Trip and Podcast with Richard Jefferson, which definitely go subscribe to the Road Trip and Podcast. I don't normally come onto this podcast, support another podcast, but that's, that's one of the fun. One. Go listen to the Road Trip, Road Trip and Podcast. Katie Wingy is a regular host when they do them in Denver. And Whenever he ends up coming around to our side of the court, <laughs> whenever he's shooting, she starts just kind of like peppering him, like, come on, man, get off your back foot. Like, what you doing? That's a little short, Trevor. Uh, Richard, you, you're a little tired today. And like the <laughs> fact that like he did it, she did it to him one game. He stepped out of bounds and then hit a three from the corner and just looked back like, really? Are yep, we going to play this game exactly. right now? It's, it's just walked off. So strength, feats of strength since he hasn't played too much is dealing with Katie Wingy. Yeah, Katie Wingy, that's definitely <laughs> a good one. His impact in the locker room, I think, is certainly another one. But listen, Richard Jefferson is a Vets vet, kind of this year's version of Mike Miller. Yeah, I wish he would play a little bit more, but yeah, I agree with that. That's it's, it's, it's a valid point. Um, let's move on to Wilson Chandler, oh, a guy that Nuggets Twitter does not like, and they are so wrong about everything that they have to say about him. I'm, I'm telling all the fans, listen to this. I have a feeling that if you don't like Wilson Chandler, you just ain't seeing the game the correct way right now. I'm staying on brand. I don't care. It's not Sorry. that. It's not that. <laughs> it's not that you're not seeing the game the right way. It's just I, you know, I, I said that. I, um, I've said this multiple times in regards to Wilson Chandler. He is the definition of steady. 
He is. Ne- he's gonna be a straight line. You know, he's not gonna no peaks and valleys. There's no Richter scale. It's not like he's an earthquake. You know what I'm saying? This guy is just going to be what he is. He's been like this his entire career, and I think Nuggets fans are just hoping that he could step up like the rest of the team has as they try to progress towards he the playoffs. Has. He, but he has, but he has, but not, oh, but not in a death-defying way. Well, of course, you know? a death-defying well, I mean, way. But Wilson Chandler is a plus two point eight net rating. He's, he's very solid. That's phenomenal. what he is. That's what he's always gonna be. That's what been, Wilson Chandler is. I would say this has probably been Wilson Chandler's best. A absolute best defensive year of his career so far. Well, I, I, I would even not a step further, but to kind of reform that is consistency. He's been the epitome of that outside of his injuries. He's just been good. You know, it, when, when the Nuggets have needed to rely on someone just to be consistent, he's been the guy. We, we talk about a guy like a Jamal Murray or a Nikola Jokic. They've been up and down for a majority of the season at times. Wilson Chandler, smooth sailing. Not only that, he is averaging the career high in assists per game. He's at 2.3 assists per game right now, which he's never been, he's just been barely over two a couple times. And his turnovers are down to 1.4 turnovers a game. He has been playmaking. He has been a great rebounder. He's averaging 5.2 rebounds a game, but in less minutes than he has largely been playing throughout his career. He has been fantastic in other ways outside of scoring. And even recently, the dude has been scoring. He has been yeah. stepping up when you needed I him to. I don't understand Listen, it. Listen, Nuggets fans didn't understand why Wilson Chandler was frustrated that he didn't know his role all last year. Guess what? He bought into his role. He's been great defensively. He's moving the ball. He's rebounding the ball. He's scoring when they need him to. And he's not asserting himself when there's too many other scoring options. Stop being upset with Wilson Chandler. It is mind-blowing to me. It'd be a festivist miracle if you can just stop complaining about Wilson Chandler because he's been so good. So, so good. <laughs> That's a good miracle. Team. I agree. What's the hate for? And I was thinking about this the other day. Like, I don't think I've even talked to him like as a media member this year like, and yeah. asked him questions. He's just, I, I feel bad. He's just kind of falling for no reason. He's in the shadows. I don't it's even want to ask because I put out a, a quote about him being like, yeah, definitely with better. I'm going to have like 19 fans being like, come on, man, your three-point percentage. <laughs> and like, I can't do this anymore. A festivist miracle for everybody to accept Wilson Chandler as the basketball player that he is because he has been very, <laughs> very, 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 very good for this Nuggets team. I agree. I'm done with my rant. I... I <laughs> It's it's a well warranted rant. Wilson Chandler is good. He is nice. He is nice. <laughs> it's a fest of his miracle. Ugh. All right, let's go talk to uh, the Spaniard, the Spaniard himself, Juan the Swan Spaniard who continually gets himself in trouble with the ladies. Apparently, um, Juancho Hernan Gomez. We actually Killa. got a question about Juancho. We should hit that first. Yeah. So uh, real quick. So I know I don't. Oh no, they actually are back to back. We have Juancho and then Trey Lyles. Yes, and those we got are the two players. The question regarded. Yeah, so. I put the question. Look at you, TJ. Yeah, I put the the whole tweet out about questions about five minutes before we recorded the podcast. So that was. Not a very good idea by my part, but someone asked, what does Wancho got to do to get some minutes? Is he still suffering from mono, or has Trey Lyles taken those minutes from him because of how productive he'll be? We'll hit the Trey Lyles part of this in the Trey Lyles part, but yeah. let's get back to the mono side of this. Yes, we've talked about this numerous times. Yes. This takes a long time. Just because you're cleared to play does not mean that you're ready to play. Have you ever had mono? Weird story. So yeah, yeah, you, don't tell the story. No, yes, yes. But so I, I oh god, this no, is not no, the late not, night podcast no, that we need to have this conversation on. It's not a bad one. So I have had mono with no symptoms. What? If that makes sense? No, it doesn't. Yeah, I, I so I actually I was feeling weird one for like an extended period of time. Like I had like no actual symptoms related to mono, and I got some blood work done, and they were like, "Yeah, you had mono at one point." And <laughs> I was, like, got through it, and, and I was no. just like, "Oh." Uh, all it's right. a good thing that you weren't so, as active as you could have been because there could have been a lot of other yeah, people out there no, with exactly. mono. So, <laughs> so what? <laughs> so oh, what it's worth? Yes, podcast I have, is off the rails. Oh, oh I have God. had mono once. So the whole reason we brought up mono is because <laughs> um, when you have mono. Yes, you can be cleared to play, but the amount of muscle you lose, the amount Ridiculous. of time that you are just completely without energy while you have mono, you lose 
you lose weight, you lose muscle, you, you lose, lose energy. There's so much recovery time to you get lose back sanity. from it. You don't know what you're you doing. You do. Especially because you're usually locked into your yeah, apartment exactly. unless you're like a Nilo out infecting the world <laughs> with mono. But it's, <laughs> it's a tough thing to do. And I think that's really what this comes down to when it comes to airing out grievances. Stop kissing random women, Wancho. Like, don't get mono. This is why yeah, you Wancho. are weaker and not as strong Look at and you. slow you defensively shot yourself in the and foot. lost your spot in the, on the rotation because you need to get healthy again. Oh, like, bud... This is a very good. I wonder how many NBA players actually get mono when they first come into the league. This is a conversation that's going to be bad to have as well. But, like, when you're a young, tall, suave Spaniard, it's probably hard not to get mono. Yeah, probably. Like, what's the over under? Like, a 70% chance to get mono? Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a very common sickness to get. I mean, it's. Ugh, but it just, now you're defending yeah. yourself. Let's no, I mean, but, <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. But I want you, Hernan Gomez, you know, listen, don't get mono, dude. Just, just don't. don't get mono. Keep healthy. Stay healthy. Mary, my grievances with you. Don't you get mono. You can be a big part of this team. Do it. You were really good defensively, and now your legs don't work anymore because you're so tired. Like, come on, bud. Get back into this. But. Let's talk about let's talk about feats of strength. The dude yeah. got back from mono in four and a half weeks, and that's impressive as hell. You know how hard it is to get back from mono? Uh, yes, I do. Kind <laughs> of, you kind of, kind of not. No, I'm just I'm playing around. But uh, yes, I mean the fact that he's able to get back to NBA conditioning to a certain extent. Maybe not. To, he's getting there. Maybe not to the full. You know where we needed to be, but capable to play and warrant NBA minutes is certainly a good thing. It is a really good thing, and it's hard for him because like it's not easy to get into the league after playing overseas for all summer, after playing all year with a professional team in the Nuggets the year before. For, and then you get mono and then everything starts to fall on you so his numbers have gone down he went from 4.9 points his rookie year to 3.5 this year his rebounds have gone from 3 to 2.6 his assists are the same his steals have gone down very slightly his steals have gone down very slightly um the big thing for him he shot a ridiculous 40 40.7 percent from three last year he's shooting 31.4 this year yeah and they're all short. Yeah, like, they really. It looks like a lack of strength. I mean, this really is what it's the it best is, testament to that. So back, back to the whole like Festivus miracle. Come back from Mono and don't ever get it again, Wancho. Man, I keep talking about Wan- Mono this much on a freaking Nuggets podcast. Uh, let's move on to Trey Lyles. Yeah, uh, boy. Let's do it. Like, listen, real quick. Self plug. MileHighSports.com, go read my piece and this follow up article. This is a humble article. brag right here. No, I mean, no, 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 for real. I mean, I, this is a story that I kind of chased from the second. I think I've written like five stories on this dude yeah. since, since he was drafted. You know, I wrote one when he was drafted. I wrote one from training camp, and I wrote one when he wasn't Trey playing. Lyles to you is what Tory Craig is to exactly. me in terms of writing. So listen, this is a guy, he, he's Craig. made the most of his opportunities. I, I mean, that's really what I have to say. Let's start with the negative with Trey. Can't rebound. You know, he just can't do it for whatever reason. He does like everything else, but for whatever reason, I mean, he just can't. Grab the board. Can't can't grab boards. I, I don't know why that is. Um, I have a I have a reason why. why? I have an idea this. of why he plays so perimeter oriented. Okay, that's a, that, that's actually very fair. I didn't think of it like that. So he, when you're an outside always shooting player. threes, I mean, when you look at Trey Lyles oh and his gosh, numbers, absurd. It's been absurd. That's absolutely the truth. I think what's really surprised me more than anything about his numbers is that he's taking five point eight shots a game, but two point four of them have come from beyond the three point arc. So he's taking half of his shots from beyond the three point arc. So how many are really coming at the rim yeah, so exactly. without pulling up I have, I'm trying to get this shot this shot chart to come up but it's taking forever um, damn you Wi-Fi <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be a festivist miracle yes. the Mile High Sports Wi-Fi wasn't atrocious oh all of the time wouldn't it be but uh, listen, this is a guy that has just been Ever since the month of December started when Millsap and also Yoga's going down, he's been fantastic. Averaging 13.7 points per game, 
Um, 1.6 assists per game and 6.1 rebounds per per game as well. I mean, just in 26.7 minutes on average as well. A lot of great things from Lyles. And not only that, when he does get to the rim, he's shooting 59.2% at the rim. He's taken, so this is is really interesting. So when you look at his three-point numbers, overall, he has taken 2.4 three-point shots a game. But when you look at his shot chart, he's taken 76 of his, what was it, like 130 total shots at the rim. He's scoring very well at the rim and he's doing nothing in the mid-range he has one three five nine man my math is awful 13 only 15 shots on the year have come in mid-range wow so he is scoring almost everything he has at the rim or or from the three-point line that's ideal that is amazing. Oh. That's Rockets basketball. Mm-hmm. That's what you want from mm-hmm. a guy like Trey Lyles. But I do think that's why it lends to the fact that he is not a very good rebounder. Because half of his shots coming at the rim. Yeah, for where sure. It's hard for to sure. get your own offensive rebound. He is a defensive guy who is usually matched up on a wing. And he's been playing even some three from time to yeah, time. So it does make a little bit of sense. But when you pull down one rebound in 28 minutes, man, that's not good. Like no, you got to get more rebounds. I agree. That. And I mean, that's really the one bad thing that kind of stands out to me about Trey Lyles. Other than that, he's been fantastic for this team. I mean, it, it, I kind of labeled him in my piece from MyLifeSports.com as close to a plug-in-and-play player that the Nuggets could have. Yeah, that's really a good way to put it. Is I that- mean, just a guy that he he profiles like they want him to do on offense. He's a better upgrade defensively than Kenneth Reed, who's I've been extremely very, one-dimensional. very, very happy with his defensive yeah, abilities He's multi-dimensional, I think, is what you look for. He can he can do a little bit of everything at a high at a good level. You know, not, not- he's good, pretty good at everything but rebounding, but he's a very good shooter. You exactly. See shooting is the one thing that really stands out, but everything else is, is really more so he's just steady you know he's been a microcosm of what the Nuggets need I think it's fantastic for this team yeah I agree with that and then let's start talking about the feats of strength that he has going back to our Festivus holiday edition of this podcast he is shooting a ridiculous like this is an obscene number 49.2 percent from three 49.2% 49.2% his previous, from three. His previous season high mark was 38% in his rookie season. And how many shots a game did he take from three that year? Oh, let me see this. Uh, why is this not coming up? You're better at this stuff than I stuck at this Yeah, stuff. he only took 1.6 yeah. attempts from three that year, so he is actually oh. taking over one more three yeah. a game, and he is shooting like 12% better. It's ridiculous. That is obscene. His, look at this. His numbers are, have technically gone down since then, too. He averaged 17.3 minutes per game in his first season in Utah, averaging 16.9 currently. Um, he's shooting 50% from the field, which is at the previous high, was 43% his rookie season as well. I mean, this is a guy that has just stepped up to the fullest extent for this team. I mean, absolutely been just remarkable. And he's taking more shots and less time on the, f- on the court. Too. Yeah, exactly. I, it's been an absolute revelation to see the way that he has been able to shoot the ball for this team. His effective field goal percentage went from 43.6% last year up to 61.5% this year. He is That's a crazy. top five improved shooter in the NBA at, right, at this juncture right now. And not only that, his playmaking, his assists don't look like it by the numbers. He's averaging under an assist a game. But when he is driving to the rim and attacking closeouts, he knows how to make the right pass Absolutely. on the move, on off the bounce. Absolutely. That's a very tough thing for a dude who's 6'10", 6'11", to be able to do. I agree. I, I have been very much so impressed with what he's been able to pull off. He's been a very good defender, in my opinion, as well, considering the fact that he is not known as a good defender. I mean, his numbers don't back it up right now, but you see the individual moments in a vacuum of, like, that was a good defensive play. Like, that is something that you can build upon for him, and he's been a very exactly. effortful defender as and, well. And here's my thing, and, you know, I actually, I, again, the piece, I, I really encourage you guys to go read this. I mean, I got quotes from players, I got Coach Malone, and exclusive quotes from um, Denver Nuggets pres- President of Basketball Operations, Tim Conley. 
I mean, he gushed about Trey Lyles to me. They've always viewed him as a guy that would instill the core values of this team. And for me, he's 22 years old. He fits the profile of the rest of these young guns and whatnot. So I think it's a great thing moving forward. I think they may have found a diamond in the rough in that draft, in a draft night that Nuggets fans refuse to let go of. Yeah, and that's the thing is that Donovan Mitchell has come back on the earth a little bit, and Trey Lyles continually. Look at the records. Look at what Trey Lyles brings to this team. Do you really want another progressing point guard? You know, to have to try to deal with in addition to Jamal Murray and Emmanuel Mudiay? You really want that on your plate? I think Trey Lyles. You know, for what they got out of him for the trade is exactly what you needed. And that's the thing is that like all they were trying to do was trade back so they can get the guy they wanted, which ended up not working because freaking Masai Ujiri is a goddamn. Could telepath. you imagine if they would have got <laughs> him too? Oh, um, I don't. That's, I don't want to talk about that. Oh I don't gosh. want to talk about that. I wrote like six <laughs> articles in OG and you got me on my. You got me. You got me on his train. I too. gotta give shouts to Dan over at over at uh, Denver Ships as well. Him and I pushed that train so hard. We got like I kind of feel slightly responsible for the anger of Nuggets fans because we were so huge and high on OG and Anubi for the Nuggets that people were just buying in. And that was partly because I wouldn't stop writing about him and neither would Dan. So <laughs> it was definitely one of those things. But Festivus miracle for Trey Lyles. I want so badly if the Nuggets are going to continue playing Mason Plumlee and Nikola Jokic in the starting lineup together. I want to see Trey Lyles play a little bit of small ball five. I, do I too. want to see them spread the damn floor and do it like a Ryan Anderson playing five at the Rockets do from time to time. Yeah. He has shown that he will not give up defensively enough that you can hopefully outscore teams with him at five. I would I love agree. to see what he can do in a small sample I, size of small ball five. I just think he adds like an interchangeable link to this team. He yeah. really helps bridge the gap from different styles of play and can play different ways. So fantastic stuff from Trey Lyles overall. I just I want to see He's him good, play man. some five. He, yeah. Because could you imagine of like a Will Barton, Emmanuel Moutier, if he's still on the team, or whoever it is, with Malik Beasley, with Wander Hernan Gomez, you know, insert shooters here. Yeah, exactly. And then you have Trey Lyles setting screens and, and popping out and having that lane wide open for Will Barton to slash into. Absolutely. I'm it'd all be ridiculous. in on that, man. Yeah. Oh, it'd be so much fun. Um, let's go to Trey Lyles. Or let's skip Trey Lyles. We're done with Trey Lyles. We're going to have a little fun with this one. <laughs> Paul Millsap. <laughs> it's hard to kind of air grievances about a dude who tore ligaments in his wrist and has the worst injury of his career yeah. after, what is it, 13 years he's played in the NBA. So I am going to be a little bit weirder about this. I don't want him to keep playing one-handed because I want him back. Yeah. All we do is see pictures of and videos of him playing like one-handed <laughs> with his daughter or one-handed and shooter. Feel Nuggets. better, Paul. I'm so sad whenever I see Paul Millsap playing one-handed. He's like getting like one-handed between the leg dribble working and like yeah. I don't know what this is, but it's just a tease and it's not I, cool. I agree. It it sucks. It really. He's a good guy too. Yeah. I mean, I always had to practice. I believe it was last week. Um, his first media availability since the injury, and you could just tell he was just. He said, "You know, we were finally starting to turn a corner. You know, with these yeah. guys, and he, he was starting to get comfortable. So it came at the worst possible time, but." I, Stop playing one-handed, Paul. Yeah. That's our thing for you. But that's kind of a feat of strength, too, right? Is the fact yeah, that you can do I, all these things one-handed. And I think the strength of feet or the feet of strength that I want to go with is the fact that it was a wrist injury, not a lower half body injury. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. the fact that it's just a wrist injury means that he can continually stay in good condition. Yeah, he can not, continue yeah. to run and be in good condition. He can be on the court with his guys getting walkthrough work in and be a part of everything. He's not hobbled. He could get one-handed jumper working and work on his floor mechanics with one hand. Absolutely. Like there are still basketball things he can do with within this Nuggets team that allow him to be involved and integral to this team still. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It's just kind of come down to now he's got to lead more by his voice um, from afar, yeah. if that makes sense. But I agree with you, man. It sucks that this came at the right time, but he's able to do things. So a slow and steady race that you only have to wait until you get to the finish line. If you're going to have a two- or three-month injury, at least it's a wrist injury, yeah, and not a head injury yeah, or a absolutely. leg injury or a knee injury or a back injury. Absolutely. I agree with that. Uh, Festivus Miracle. He comes back before the All-Star break? I think it's a good that's, one. That's, that's a good one. I think it's a I good like one. I like that one. That's a really good one. I don't even know what mine is. What would is, be that, a- is that, should that be the overall Festivus Miracle for the Nuggets? Paul like, Paul Millsap, Millsap, Millsap come back. comes back before the All-Star break? 
Yeah, I, I think th- so. I think that would be a good one. All right, so that's our festivist I got miracle. one more festi- uh, uh, festivist miracle Let's for him. It. The fact that Mason Plumlee and Nicole Jokic are starting together will make the eventual reintegration of Paul Millsap even easier. Yeah, oh, without a doubt. Because yeah. you're playing a guy who is literally playing the exact same style of Paul Millsap, not in the same way Paul Millsap could, but the way that they have Mason Plumlee playing is yeah. they have Nikola Jokic up top, they have Mason Plumlee down low, and Mason Plumlee has been the defender that is basically playing that rover safety position. Sure. And that is exactly what the Nuggets were doing when they had Paul Millsap I in the agree. fold. So having that kind of guy in Mason Plumlee being able to play a skilled big man position as a, alongside another skilled big man in, in Nikola Jokic should eventually make this reintegration even smoother, in my opinion. I, I mean, Hopefully. I, I think you hit it on the head with that. I really do. So let's move on to the next one. Kenneth Fareed. Oh, man, this is going to be an interesting one. Let's uh, let's do this one. How do you want? How, what do we what do we want to start with? I don't know, man. Let's just start with let, let's let's start with the airing of grievances. Okay. No more cryptic tweets, Kenneth. Yes, Kenneth. Please. <laughs> I remember. I think I read one off of the last tweet. podcast. Instagram post yeah. is really what it is. Like, I, listen, I don't care. Your Instagram's your Instagram. I'm not gonna tell you how to use it, but it's like, <laughs> why? Are you, it, it feels like you're stirring the pot. We don't oh, need oh, to I, keep stirring the pot. Yeah. I... It's just it's, that's who he is. He said it immediate day. There's 29 other teams. If yeah. I'm not starting, you know, I'm paraphrasing there, but he did say the words 29 other teams. But a feat of strength is the fact that he has been a great locker room guy Absolutely. with this team. Absolutely. I mean, if he has any beef with this team, it has not rubbed off on the players whatsoever. Yeah, it, not not at all. And it hasn't bled into the players of the locker room. And I mean, he, he, is he a feels a team. certain way himself. Exactly. And he separates that from how he interacts with the team for themselves sure. for game day. And that is so important. And he deserves so much credit for that because Kenneth Fareed was the starting power forward and just transitioned extraordinaire on a 57 win team. That was the Nuggets best regular season team yeah. ever. Yeah. Like he that must be so hard to go from that to completely out of the rotation by Trey Lyles. Yeah. Nothing against Trey Lyles, but like he was a joke it's last a year because of the, how bad he was shooting. Yeah, exactly. It's a testament to how the times have changed, but it does suck for free. But kind of interesting to see how this one kind of plays out with him. Festivus miracle is that he gets traded, not because I want yeah. him gone, but because it, he deserves to have playing time. time elsewhere. It's time. Like it's just a greener pasture for both sides at this point, man. Like Kenneth Fareed is a productive NBA player, and he is a good NBA player in the right system. I would love to see him in Brooklyn playing a fast-paced offense with with, with D'Angelo Russell or something like that. Like there are spots where he could be a very good NBA player. Maybe not on a championship team. Maybe he won't be an All Star. I'm not going to those lengths, but yeah. he could play meaningful minutes on a meaningful basketball team and be a producer for that team. I I agree. I so, mean, I agree. I hope he gets traded for his own sake, not even for the Nuggets. Like, it would help the Nuggets, but he deserves a chance to play elsewhere. And that's what yeah. it comes down to for me. So we're getting down to the last two. Mason Plumley. I love this guy. I have been yeah. backing but, him up since so, they traded for him. I feel so bad. He we'll got so much crap. With the good the fe- with Mason Plumley. This is a guy that has just been absolutely fantastic at filling the void. I mean, and it's all heart and it's all effort. I mean, we've talked about this numerous times. This is a guy that really, you know, isn't the most athletically gifted guy. He has to grind for everything that he gets on the court. He's done a fantastic job of Paul Millsap being down, stepping up in light of that, and really just trying to, you know, gel next to Nikola Jokic as well as he can, you know, despite the fact that they may profile a little differently and whatnot. I can't say enough great things about Mason Plumlee. His rebounding and his leadership has been another thing. He's done a really good job at being a vocal leader for this team, I feel like. Yeah, when you... He's been, he's been, we've talked to him, I think, after every game here recently. Media has. Yes. Regardless yes. if he's had a good game or not. He has been very integral in getting this team back on track. Um, Without a doubt. I think think it was the Memphis game. There was a game where he basically called out the Nuggets being like, 
We don't have leadership, and it's not talking about the management. We're not talking about coaching staff. There's not somebody who is calling guys out on this team for what they're doing, getting guys in the gym, things like that. Mm-hmm. The small nuances of loud leadership. And ever since that, man, this team has been different. Like, this team, even if they're losing close games, they're fighting every second that they're on the court. And that changes things, in my opinion. No, I mean, I agree without a doubt. I think, you know, he, he's been the epitome of what this team needs to be moving forward in terms of the standard is in terms of the standard of effort. Yeah, I agree with that. One thing that he needs to fix though is his free throws. <laughs> We're gonna air some grievances, man. His yeah. free throws look awful. Yeah, really, sometimes. really bad. But I will give him this: like he has been a very productive player for this Nuggets team. Yes. That is just how I see it, and I think that he has been he has been absolutely needed. I mean, he's shooting fifty six point six percent from the field. That's fine. That's a good thing. Thirty nine point three percent from the free throw line. That is obscene, man. Obscene. That it's that low, but yeah, I agree. Defensively, he has been the Nuggets' best defender in my opinion in this past stretch. He has absolutely been able to stem the tide. He has been good alongside Nikola Jokic. He has adapted his game to be a better player for this Nuggets team. He's been a great teammate. He's been a I leader. Agree. He's been the defensive anchor without Paul Millsap around. I can't he's say been, enough good things. He's been everything this team has needed him to be. I think my festivist miracle for him would be... I don't know if I have one for him. I, when Paul Millsap gets back, I just hope we see this exact same exactly. Mason Plumlee it, off the bench. I think this is about the, the highest of his ability that he could play considering his circumstances And right the now. thing is, too, is I think I want to see more Mason Plumlee and Nikola Jokic together, which if you asked me this I five agree. days ago, I would have laughed you out the room because I think it was ridiculous. But these are two games in a row against quality opponents where Mason Plumlee and Nikola Jokic together have been a big positive for this Nuggets team. I agree. Uh, and and shouts Tim Connolly, man, yeah. and Michael Malone. They both, from the start of this trade, so they think that they can play together and it could help this team and it has no i mean i i listen it's been a testament to how this the contract was so awkward this offseason just turning about and obviously with nurkers tearing it up when he got traded there initially last year this could have just been another instance where oh the nuggets blew it again the nuggets screwed up once again signing plumbing this big contract and whatnot. he's paid off 27 years old still has time to progress his game i think you know you kind of hit it by playing as much as he is now alongside nikola Jokic. when paul Millsap comes back that's going to make the transition that much easier if you take raw numbers out of this equation he is a significantly better than yusef nurkic better yeah. player oh, than yeah. yusef oh, nurkic sure. right now absolutely I'm, yeah. hands down yeah, in, like ter- in terms stop. of what he can give a team, absolutely. He's he's a better offensive maestro to keep an offense running. He is a better finisher around the rim, which is insane because he has T-Rex arms. He is a better rebounder, in my opinion, because he's not getting the same amount of minutes, and he's a better leader and a better defender. Like I, He's a better player. I wholeheartedly agree with that. So, absolutely. yes, the Nuggets lost that first-round pick. That sucks. It's not a fun thing to deal with, but guess what? They got the better player and the player that they wanted out of the deal. Yeah, and that's without a, a doubt. very, very important thing. So a thing. win in that aspect, for sure. Yeah, in that aspect, absolutely. So I have been so impressed with Mason Plumley, but it is time to talk about the Joker himself. Let's do it. Nikola Jokic. What Happy you, Festivus, jo- yes. Joker. It's good to talk about What this. do we want to start with? Let's, start with, let's, let's, let's air out his grievances. Yeah, right? I was going to say. Yeah. He was... Slow and out of sorts, the games he came back from his ankle injury. But man, has he figured it out for that Portland game. You saw the killer yeah, instinct. That was fantastic. You saw his ability and, and you know to set I've up been teammates. a big advocate for wanting to see that. Everyone has. Yeah. I just, you know, he's 22 from the middle of Sambor, Serbia. So it's yeah. not like he oh, is going to be a guy who was ready to step into an NBA limelight and be a leader in that way. Like, you can't expect that. But guess what? He comes out up against the Portland Trailblazers, put up, what was it, seven, 27, 6, and 4. Mm-hmm. 
receive. And only has like two turnovers. He is just beating the life out of Yusef Nurkic over and over and over again. Yusef Nurkic had one rebound, zero steals, zero blocks, zero assists, and four turnovers to go with 10 points. Yeah. Like, he's been fantastic for this they team. They dismantled Yusef Nurkic, and so much of that had to do with Nikola Jokic individually. I just want him to play like that every night. And I know it's not feasible or it shouldn't be expected of him to be that way because it takes a very special kind of player to be able to assert themselves in that way. And this goes back to what Adam Mars and Denver Stiss has said multiple times when he talked to Kevin Durant about Nikola Jokic is that Kevin Durant essentially said, and this is paraphrasing, he was like, yeah, he's a great talent. The next step is learning how to do it every single exactly. night and to lead a team in that way, in a production and manner. It's going to take time. It of really is. It exactly. Will. He's 22 years old, like you kind of hit on the head. Give him a couple years. I mean, they're going to become, it's going to be less, you know, not few and far between. What's the word, the analogy I'm going to go? More often, I guess, is the way that you're going to kind of go with it. You know, they've been kind of sporadic in terms of, like, impact gains that we've seen Jokic kind of have in terms of when he's taken over. You're going to see, you know, the gap be narrowed in that sense. They're going to have yeah. more consistency. Yeah, you're going to see the, the, the disparity between the games where he is just completely not assertive and the games where he is start to get much less intense. Yeah, I, without, a, without a doubt. But, I mean, he's been fantastic for this And team. this is not the first time. Like, I know everyone is like, finally, Nikola Jokic has a killer instinct. He's yeah, had no, a killer he instinct. It's just we don't see it necessarily on the forefront all the time. And I think this goes back, and, like, I hate using this analogy, but in terms of the optics of the situation is very similar. When LeBron James was in Miami, everybody would bash him because he would pass late in games and he kind of his game was predicated on his playmaking, not on him being a servant. Yeah, I agree. And I'm not saying Nicole Jokic is LeBron James, but the way they play and the optics of how they're perceived as a as a player in a nutshell is that their game starts from the playmaking and builds from there. So yeah. His assertiveness can also come from his ability to make plays for others in an assertive manner. Yeah. Like passing guys open into good shots late in games is almost more impactful than trying to take a contested shot that you, you end up making. You're kind of talking about the nucleus, because I mean, like the nucleus of a cell is obviously where everything happens. He is the joy maker for this team. He makes Jamal like Murray that, good. The joy maker. He makes Gary Harris good. He makes Mason Plumlee good alongside of him. He makes everybody around him better. You know, and that's why at times you might not see the killer instinct and the X factor that he has, you know, in the forefront stemming from him, but it's more so coming from him that is branching off into other players. So really yeah. a guy that, that shares the sugar for everybody and it pays off for the entire team. It does, and I think that that's why people need to let go because even he, he's been a serve as a scorer too. There was a game against the, the San Antonio Spurs, and I'm trying to remember it's off the top of my head, but I believe he had 12 of the Nuggets' 14 points and like a five-minute stretch in the fourth quarter in the game they were down by like 22, yeah. and he brought them within single digits single-handedly. I think he even assisted on the one bucket he didn't make. Like He just took the ball and was like, nah, it's time to get back yeah, in this game. Exactly. Like He has that ability, and he has shown that ability, and he can use that ability. It's just not going to happen every single night because he's 22 from Sambor, Serbia, in his third year in the NBA. Like, yeah. <laughs> sorry, guys. It's going to take a second, but it was incredible to watch that out of him, that X-Factor ability where yeah. he's just like, you know what? We're done to having this game right now. Like, Nikola Jokic, the game was close against the Portland Trail Blazers. He was like, we're done. Like, yeah. he scored six straight. He had a three-pointer involved in that, and he dismantled Yusuf Nurkic down low. And it was like, it was over. Yeah, it, it's great to see. We need to see, the, the Nuggets need more of that from him. And it's going to happen, man. Yeah, Slowly a doubt. but surely it's happening. You can see it. Like, yeah. he had not been that player against Yusef Nurkic because of all the optics of media members around it. I think that kind of stuff can kind of get to him because you're a young player reading everything yeah like that would bother me i look at things that people pick up on my stuff and i'm like hey now i'm proud like yeah it's just stupid petty stuff when you're a person that's in your mid to early 20s yeah. and you got to learn your way through life and i think that now he's done looking at everybody else's stuff and he's just doing it the way he wants to yeah i agree and it's fantastic and it's paid off for him and the nuggets need more of that because he needs to play Nikola Jokic. he needs to be himself he doesn't have to he can't 
try to be someone that he's not. The Festivus miracle for Nikola Jokic would that is for me that he does this and they start getting on a roll again and their offense yeah, comes back street. to life. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking like you know a ten game, and they have a difficult they, damn schedule two, coming up. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how the season ends. Nonetheless, we kind of talked about it here in the last podcast, but if the Nuggets want to have success with Paul Millsap being down, it's going to rest not solely on the shoulders, but largely oh, on the shoulders of, of Nikola Jokic. Like eighty percent on the shoulders of Nikola Jokic, twenty percent on everyone else in the coaching yeah. staff. Yeah, I'm really so. excited to see what he does up until the trade deadline without Paul Millsap in the fold. Oh, I wholeheartedly agree. I cannot man. wait. The Nuggets finally feel like they're getting back to playing the way that they want to play, they do, and for they're sure. finally starting to get a little bit healthier, even though they're not hundred. Things are getting smoother. You know, the, yeah. the, thing, the issues are being ironed out slowly but surely so it's been positive for this team lately but they gotta start winning again all right let's take the team as a whole now we got through everybody okay what is your grievance to air about the nuggets as a whole close out your second and your fourth quarter <laughs> strong <laughs> I, I i mean they're it, not bad in clutch games they're no, like five they're and not, six in but clutch i mean games. there's so many instances where i've seen them have halftime leads that dwindle down to single point de- or single point leads and it's like why because they give up on defense they're gas and i mean we've talked about it less so this year more so of last year but i've seen it bleed over here recently Finish the game strong. You need to end the games on your best note. It's a carryover. This team needs to start locking things down. They do. I mean, and they're getting to that point, I think. They're starting to look like a team who is like, as Matt Moore kind of dubbed them, unkillable. They may have bad stretches, but they ain't going away. Like, it's going to be a fight till the end with them. And I think that's a really big deal, in my opinion, because you're seeing something different out of them at that point. And that is a very, very good thing, in my opinion. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Because this is not a team that was just like, we don't care, we're not folding. That was not who they were for a very very yeah, long oh, time no, not there. Even close. Um, I think if my my grievance that I want to air is that this Nuggets team, man, they have been so bad when it comes to turnovers per game. Yes. They are 23rd in the NBA at 15.8 turnovers a game, but they are allowing teams to score over 20 points a game on turnovers. That's what that's been. This drives Michael Malone insane. He called it a constant recurring nightmare (laughs) is is what he dubbed it. And that is just so rough, man. Like, they need to stop turning the damn ball over. I agree with you. It is so frustrating. That's a product of the young team and blah, blah. They'll figure it out. They will. They will. So, 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 so done with them turning the ball over. I don't want to write about turnovers anymore, Anilo. I don't blame you, dude. I mean, that's why I don't write about them. (laughs) Um, so let's go into the feats of strength yeah, of this team. Uh, mine is the fact that they are fourth in the NBA in winning percentage at the, out on their home court. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, what more do you want than that? I mean, and oh, like, so I, good to everyone see. loves to blow up on them of, oh, they can win at home, but they can't win on the road. Well, last year they couldn't do either. So yep. in my opinion, slow and steady process or progress gets you to where you want to be. Again, we're caught up in this society of wanting everything at once. But no, no, no. That's not how it's going to happen. We've talked about it with Jokic. It's going to take time. Jamal Murray is going to take time. With this team, it's going to take time to build a winning culture both at home and on the road, regardless of your situation and opponent. They started to do that. They've laid the foundation for that at home. It's going to bleed over slowly but surely into the rest of the games. And that's what you hope. That's definitely what you hope. I mean, when you look at the Nuggets right now, they are seventh in the NBA in net rating at home. They have 110.9 offensive rating, 104 def- uh, defensive rating at 6.9. They're 11. They're 11 and three. The Pepsi Center's been back alive again, man. That has just been such a beautiful thing to see. I am so so happy that the Pepsi Center is back alive, rocking again. Because even when it's not sold out, the fans that are in attendance are locked yeah. in and involved in that game. I wholeheartedly agree. I think you hit that on the head. Uh, the, the culture is certainly changing here for the Nuggets. It really is, and it's such a beautiful thing to see because this team is actually going from up and coming to playoff contender yeah. on a snap. Like, yeah, it's incredible. without a doubt, without a doubt. I, I mean, love to watch it. All right, last thing. Let's do it. Festivus miracle for this Nuggets team. 
goodness. There's, there's a miracle that happens today that makes us not get seen better for the for the for you know for the future down the line. What is it? For you? Well, I, I think we kind of hit on a little bit earlier. Can Paul Millsap somehow, some way, figure out a way to get back on the court sooner or before ahead of the All Star break? Because if they can get him back, trying to win a few games and then go into the All Star break, oh my gosh, it'll be smooth sailing. That would be a beautiful be thing to see. It really team. would. I think my festivist miracle is similar to yours. It just get everybody healthy. I yeah. just want to see this team because for years, man, like what has it been? Five years now where the Nuggets have been one of the most injured teams in basketball, it seems like. I am just so ready to see this team at full strength without having to have all this rotation chaos that Malone has to deal with because everybody's in and out of the lineup. I just want to see this roster in its entirety be able to play basketball together without having to worry about injuries. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's Again, you would hate to see this team you know, fall below expectations because of injuries. You want to see the best that this team has to offer with all their players at full strength. I think that's it. That's it. It's Festivus. Happy freaking Festivus, everybody. Yes, it's thank you. Festivus thank you. Thank the you. Rest of us. This is a great time of year. It's a fantastic time. Uh, it's good for everything. You know, Nuggets basketball. We got just really everything, man. I don't really know what else to say. Take your time on December 23rd to go watch yes. the Festivus episode of I'm going to do that when I get home tonight. Please go air all of your grievances to your family today, not on Christmas, and pray for some Festivus miracles for you and yours. On behalf of me, I am TJ McBride at TJ McBride NBA. Tell me you are real quick. You guys can follow time. me on the Twitter sphere at Anilo underscore Piro. Or no, that's my old. That's Twitter. your old yeah. one. What are you doing? Man, what am I doing? A Piro Sports. Sorry, I was like so used It'd to be that. A festival, the festivist miracle of your tongue started working again for a while. Yes. So my the left side of my tongue is still not working, unfortunately. So if I sound a little dumb again, I apologize. But it is what it is. At A Piro Sports on the Twitter sphere. Um, that's really all I got for this. It's please. a festivist miracle if you have made it this far listening to this podcast and how off the rails it has <laughs> been. We appreciate you. We hope you have the greatest of holiday seasons, regardless of what you were celebrating Christmas. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Festivus, you insert holiday here. I just hope everybody has a great time for the rest of the year. That is all of us from the Festivus episode of the Denver Nugget Daily Podcast. Adios! Taking my time to perfect the beat, and I still got love for the streets. It's the DRE. Like that? Right back up in you. Nine, five plus four pennies. Add that shit up. DRE. Right back up on top of things. Smoke some with your dog. No stress, no seeds, no stems, no sticks. Some of that real sticky, icky, icky. Ooh, wait. Put it in the air. Air. Well, use a full DR. Yeah, hi. Uh, my house had some water damage, and I want to make a claim. Why? Because you're my home insurance agent. So I need to know what's covered? No, we don't have any gravestones in the house. Wait, our policy covers gravestones? Well, we don't have any. No, no furs or paper stock certificates either. Look, we don't have any of that. We have normal stuff, like from this century. Yes, I am sure it was a simpler time. Most home insurance policies were created in the 60s and provide too much coverage for things you don't need and not enough for things you do, like computers and appliances. Hippo is different, with four times the traditional coverage for computers and home office equipment, plus mechanical breakdown coverage. We make switching easy, and Hippo can cost up to 25% less. What is it? It's like a typewriter with a screen? Don't find out your coverage is outdated after it's too late. Visit myhippo.com to get a quote in just 60 seconds. Hippo is a licensed property casualty insurance agent with products underwritten by various insurance companies. Covered subject to underwriting qualifications. Savings vary. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth.
Teenagers can communicate entirely in emojis. How was the birthday party? Pizza slice, kitten, soccer ball, pineapple? Truth! It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at Geico.com. What are you talking about? Paperclip, shoulder shrug, high five, wizard hat? What? Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.